Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, and you can find all of my contact information in the show notes, show description, whatever it's called in your app. Uh, if you need to reach out to me for any reason, that's where you can find my contact information. And just a reminder, please, what I always ask, and I wish we could get more people to do this, but please just hit that little subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Please leave a five-star rating if you can, and just hit the review button, or again, whatever button it says in your app to say something. Leave a nice, kind review about how much you like this podcast. That would really help me out uh, and help the podcast to get out to as many people as possible. Today, we are going to be talking about the July market stats that the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors just released. So this we do this pretty much every month. Uh, usually by the middle of the month, GGAR releases statistics for the month prior. And that gives us really a lay of the land for what the market is doing. The stats uh, for the month of July were crazy. I mean, th they're just going in all sorts of different directions. Uh, and so I want to just jump right in. Um, we're going to start, I'm, I'm going to kind of summarize it right off the bat, and then we'll actually look at, at the stats. Um, supply and demand are both cooling. So we're seeing that happening kind of across the board. Um, and by cooling, I mean, really, supply is going up, uh, but maybe not at the pace that we would expect it to. And then, in some ways, in some ways, it's going way up. Um, and then demand is continuing to cool as well. But we're not seeing the market flip to anything that resembles a buyer's market or even a balanced market yet. Okay? So that is kind of me setting the stage here for what I consider to be the the analysis from from these stats. For this is that was kind of my general overview uh 50,000 foot view or whatever the the phrase is um for what I'm looking at here. But what do the actual stats say? Well, we're just going to kind of go down uh go down the line here. New listings, new listings th this was really interesting. So we have seen new listings pretty much um, since March have been up year on year. And this has driven the supply going up, all right? The fact that new listings have been increasing year on year for March, for April, for May, for June. June, it really spiked. Uh, June new listings were up 18% year on year. And I'm not sure if that's a, a revised number from last month, but 18%, that was a huge number. A lot of people listed their homes in June, a lot of builders listed homes in June, uh, in com in contrast to previous years. But July actually went down year on year 3.3%, and it went down month on month a lot. So June tw uh, of this past year, the new listings were 2,318, and July of this year, it was 1,999. That is a, and, and in comparison to July 2021, that year, uh, that month was 2,067 listings. And so listings went down 3.3% year on year. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the market is responding. People are seeing that demand is cooling due to interest rates. And so fewer people are listing their homes for sale. 
we could discuss more about the the whys and all of that. Um, but I, I think in general, we're just seeing the market responding. This is what the market's supposed to do, right? When demand eases, then supply is also supposed to ease. When things get out of whack, that's when we start to see either a crazy seller's market uh, when demand is super high and supply is super low, or a buyer's market when supply is super high and demand is super low. So we're seeing now supply responding a bit to the cooling demand. Um, pending sales. Now, this is, I always have to give this disclaimer. Um, it's never correct, at least in my experience, uh, as long as I've uh, tracked these, it's never correct for the, the most recent month, which is the month of July in this instance. So we always have to look at the month prior. So pending sales, this is a count of the properties in which offers have been accepted in a given month. Uh, we have to look at June because last month when we looked at this, we could, didn't have correct numbers for June, so we looked at May. Um, so June of this past year was very close to May. It went down. Pending sales went down 13.7%. May was down 13.9%. And so that number kind of, it, it had been increasing basically each month of the year. Uh, for 2022 uh, until June. June was the first month that we saw that go uh, uh, moderate a little bit year on year because again, May was 13.9% decrease in pending sales. And then June uh, wasn't quite as big of a decrease, but very similar, minus 13.7% pending sales. So down 13.7%. Now, remember, pending sales had been at an all-time high last year. So for those numbers to come down is kind of expected, um, but what we're seeing is is a little bit more than that. Actually, the decrease where pending sales were for June of uh, of 2022 is actually very comparable to what pending sales were in June of 2019. Extremely similar. I don't have the exact number, but I can I can see it on uh, on the chart that I'm looking at here. They're basically right at the exact spot um, on the graph. And so that's very interesting. We've been we've been waiting to see if some of these numbers would start to reflect 2019. Pending sales is right there. Pending sales is starting to uh, reflect 2019 pre-pandemic level numbers. Um, and you know, I wonder if it will kind of level off at this being down 13 point something percent, roughly 14 percent year on year number. If that's what you know, once we get. Uh, the statistics next month will know what July uh, really had, but I wonder if we're going to kind of flatline at this roughly 14% number, um, down 14% to be clear, down 14% year on year. We'll just have to see. Closed sales. Uh, this is the count of the actual closed sales in a given month. Um, this this is one of the numbers that pops out off the screen. Closed sales we're down 11.1% in July. Now, this is to be expected, right? Pending sales were down almost 14% in May and June. That had to be reflected at some point. And so here we go. We're finally, you know, the month of June, we had seen pending sales go down 4.1%. That wasn't year on year. That wasn't that big of a deal. But July was down 11.1% year on year. So that is a uh, a tremendous decrease. That is the first. I went back because I was curious. I was like, okay, when was the last time we saw a double digit decrease in uh, in closed sales? And the last time we saw that was April and May of 2020, 
Well, what happened in April and May of 2020? That was when the market had come. That was right after the shutdown, right? That was right after we had COVID, you know, the 15 days to stop the spread or whatever the whatever the phrase was. And so pending, pending sales just got wiped out in March and April of 2020. And so then that impacted closed sales the following month. But then after um, April and May of 2020, then those closed sales just took off and just went nuts. So this is the first time, the month of July was the first time we had seen double digit uh, decrease year on year in pending sales since all the chaos of the pandemic. So that's a very interesting statistic. Again, the market is cooling. We are seeing demand cooling. That's, that's one of the most important metrics that we can look at on here. Um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of go out of order here, so bear with me as I uh, skip a few things, and then I'm going to come back to them. All right, inventory. Obviously, this is one of the most important metrics that we look at. We can't look at at July's months of inventory because that is pegged to the pending sales number, but we will look at June. Um, June's month supply of inventory uh, was the highest it's been in a very long time. It was at one point nine months. I was saying. Um, I thought maybe it would break into the twos uh, for the month of June. It did not happen, but it came awfully close, 1.9 months. I would certainly expect July's number to be in the twos. Um, so we'll just have to, to wait and see. Um, what does that mean? Uh, that means we're still very much in a seller's market, but that is creeping up. We've not been in the twos um, in a very, very long time. Um, it's been, uh, let's see here. It was October of 2021 was the last time we saw greater than two months of inventory. Obviously, that was still very much a seller's market, but this is this is good. We need more supply of inventory. Now, if you look at just the raw inventory number, and I can look at this um, because this number should be accurate. It's not pegged to that inaccurate pending sales number. So if you'll remember, inventory has been steadily climbing since May. And again, this is directly correlated with mortgage rates going up. Um, May inventory was up year on year 19%. June inventory was up year on year 46.3%. And now July, it was up 70.3% year on year. That is a whopper of a number. 70.3%. Like I'm looking at the graph here and it's just like shooting up. And again, we are now very close to 2019 levels. We're not quite there yet, but if if you look at if you looked at the same chart, the same graph that I'm looking at here, you'll see uh, you would see that the 2022 number is just a hair below the 2019 number. So that's very interesting. Now, um, why would inventory be close to 2019, but month supply of inventory isn't? particularly close to 2019 because in 2019 month supply of inventory was more in the four to four and a half range whereas we are more in the two probably to two and a half range um, the reason is that demand is still a lot higher than it was in 2019 so even though uh, supply might be comparable if demand is still higher then you're you're going to see less months supply of inventory if that makes any sense we really, again, for us to see the market be comparable to what it was pre-pandemic, we need to see that month supply number get 
probably closer to the the mid to high threes. Um, and and for sure, if we started to get into the fours, then uh, then we'll know that okay, we we have reverted back to a uh, a pre pandemic norm. But the fact that we have basically increased supply, and even though demand is higher than it was in 2019, it's lower than it was last year. Even though we are seeing a cooling market, um, not all of the numbers add up because I skipped over a few of them, and I'm going to uh, go back to these numbers. The first one I'm going to look at is days on market until sale. Now, this is a very, very telling number. This tells you how quickly a home sells, and it's the average number of days between when a property is listed and when an offer is accepted in a given month. That number was at 19. Now, that's only down 9.5% uh, year on year, uh, but that doesn't really matter because at some point you have to reach, like this number can't get to zero. Like that's an impossibility that it would hit zero. Um, and so I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the floor uh, of that number is in this hovering around 20 range. But that number 19, that's still the second lowest number of all time. And the lowest was June of 2022. So June of 2022 was 18 days on market until sale. Uh, July is 19 days on market. And, and so, you know, for some of you, you might be thinking, well, that sounds like a long time. I mean, that's like almost three weeks uh, from when a, a house goes under contract uh, or a house lists until it goes under contract. Yes, but remember, this is an average. And so the homes that languish on the market for a really long time and then go under contract, they really drag this number up. So we ha just have to look at it historically. The fact that it's the lowest, second lowest that it's ever been tells me that homes are still selling more quickly than they ever have. And, and again, now remember, there, there's a very important caveat here. Homes that are now languishing on the market, once they sell, uh, then that number is going to shoot up. And I do expect that to happen in, in future months. That's something we definitely have to monitor. All right, median sales price. This is one that we're obviously following very closely. And, and you know, it looked like that number might be starting to moderate uh, because we had been hovering around 20-ish percent year on year uh, median price, uh, median sales price increases. And, and this is really how we track, uh, you know, quote unquote inflation, which right now is a bit of a buzzword uh, in re real estate. Or, you know, it's kind of a loose way to kind of keep track of, of how prices are appreciating in the market. What rate are they roughly appreciating at? Um, and so we look at the median. That's the middle number in the sequence rather than the average because the average is, is dragged up by the fact that there are some expensive homes that are, that are sold. The median is a more accurate measure of what the actual average price in Greenville is. And that went up to the highest number it's ever been, uh, $317,390. Basically, the average house in Greenville costs $317,000. Um, and that is a 19.8% increase year on year. Now, June had gone down to 16.7% year on year. And I thought maybe that number would continue. Maybe July would be, you know, 12 or 14%. But no, July went back up to... Uh, what we have been seeing, basically 20% increase in the median sales price year on year, and also the highest of this year as well. So uh, so that's a, a really fascinating number. The fact that 
supply is increasing and demand is cooling, has not impacted days on market until sale yet, and also hasn't impacted the median sales price going down. We are still seeing the median sales price uh, increase at a record rate. Um, another one that I track very closely is the percent of list price received. The percent of list price rece received is the percentage found. I'm just reading this right off the right off this document. The percentage found when dividing a property's sales price by its most recent list price. Again, that could factor that could have the list price having been changed at some point, having been lowered or or perhaps increased. Uh, you take the most recent list price and then taking the average for all properties sold in a given month, not accounting for seller concessions. In other words, if seller is paying for closing costs, this, is, this doesn't account for that uh, as well. All right, so basically this number was never above 100 until recently. And for the month of July, it's still at 100.7%. Now that is a pretty significant decrease year on year off the 101.2% that it was in July of 2021. Um, but that was insane. That was that was just an absolutely ridiculous number that it was at 101.2%. That's one of the highest that we've ever seen on here. Uh, we need that number to come down just to help buyers out, but it's still well over 100%, 100.7%. Um, what it was pre-pandemic uh, was more in the 98% range, uh, just for comparison. So for us to see a more normal market, we need that number to really come down a lot. And again, I think um, I think it probably will at some point. Um, so you look at these numbers and it's like some of these numbers would indicate the market is dramatically shifting. But then other numbers here are just like, wow, these are just as crazy numbers from a from the standpoint of it being a seller's market that we have been seeing. So so the numbers don't all add up. But I have a few theories that I would like to just kind of throw out there for you guys. Um, one, with regard to the high inventory numbers going up 70.3% year on year, crazy number. Um, my theory on this is that these numbers are heavily inflated by new construction. Um, and that that was kind of a theory that I came up with. And I was like, well, you know what? I can test that theory pretty pretty quickly. I just went in uh, Paragon, which is the software that uh, that we use for our multiple listing service here in Greenville, I went to Paragon and pulled up how many active residential listings there are. I didn't do a lot of filtering. Um, I just quickly, how many active listings are there? Uh, there were 2,600. Okay. Then I filtered by how many of those were to be built under construction or new, never lived in. So all the various categories of new construction. And it came up with 11, uh, 1199. That is 46% of the active inventory, almost 50% of our active inventory right now in Greenville MLS. And I, and I bet if, if I had like taken out land and all of that, it probably would, would be over 50%. So a basically 50% of what is on market right now is new construction. That is insane. That is insane. Um, now, I, I also have a theory on what's going on there. I had personally a lot of clients, and I've heard this story over and over again, a lot of clients, a lot of people that were not wanting to go the new construction route, but eventually were pushed towards new construction 
because there wasn't anything else to buy. And also, uh, in, in several cases, maybe uh, they were these are people that were putting offers in on resale homes but could not get any offers accepted. They just kept getting outbid over and over and over again. And so what do they have to do? Eventually, they're just like, you know what? I'm done with this. I need a house. I'm just going to build. I'm going to go, go to a builder and go the new construction route. Um, well, guess what? Now that inventory levels are up, supply is up, demand is cooling, people are not having to go that route. And so now we're reverting back to the uh, more traditional buyer habits of them looking for resale homes first. And then uh, if they simply can't find what they're looking for, then they go the new construction route. Uh, but remember, builders, uh, you know, they plan things out. They they do everything like way in advance. A lot of a lot of their projections, and whatnot. They will do years in advance. They'll buy materials months in advance. And so builders have had to kind of shift gears very quickly here, but they can't. It's it's like you know, dry, trying to do a U-turn with a massive eighteen wheeler. Um, you simply can't quickly do that. It, it, they, their turning radius is not very nimble because again, they're doing everything to scale these big production builders. And so what we're seeing here is they are kind of caught in the middle of all of this where they had planned to, to move a certain number of units. Um, they had planned to build a certain number of homes, get them sold. But now they got stuck with the Fed increasing rates the way it has kind of unexpectedly more quickly than was anticipated. Now, builders are just having their homes just sit. And they have a huge number of homes just sitting. 1,200 homes right now in Greenville that are just sitting there uh, that that they do not have under contract. Um, and the builders, you know, they, they find themselves in a bit of a tough spot here. Homes built now, the, the homes that are completed now or that are under construction, they were built with extremely expensive materials. Now, the cost of some of these materials is going down now. But again, homes that are that are being built now are being built with materials that were sourced in most, in most cases uh, a while ago. And so uh, the builders have these expensive homes for sale. Um, they were expensive to build. And I think that they're going to find their margins. And builder margins have been quite good recently. But I think they're going to find those margins really squeezed. Um, and they're going to potentially reach a point where they can't lower prices anymore. And we are seeing some builders lowering price uh, on, on some homes that are for sale. Uh, so this is a very fascinating dynamic. Um, I I've also read, not specifically in Greenville, but just market, just nationwide, um, that builders are also seeing record highs and people breaking their contracts. And I'm guessing the reason for that is that people are either A, no longer able to afford uh, the, the new construction with rates going up, or B, they're seeing, oh, there are other homes on the market that I like better now than this new construction, and I can actually get them. And so they're breaking their contract and going for a resale home instead. Um, there's another interesting conclusion that I can draw from, from this data. Um, basically, the fact that we have inventory going up but and and so supply going up, demand weakening, but still all these crazy numbers, days on market, super low, price point, super high, all of that. Um, basically, when a house lists, there are one of two things happening. It either sells quickly for a high price or it 
just doesn't sell at all. It just sits on the market. There's There doesn't appear to be any more of this middle ground of like a home that isn't in a bidding war, but still, um, you know, after a couple of weeks, someone comes along and buys it. That was what it was even, even during the pandemic. I mean, I, I flipped a house a couple of years ago that was like that, um, where it came on the market, um, didn't get a bidding war, but after a couple of weeks, got a good offer, basically at full price, and went under contract, and and the rest is history on that. Um, but um, right now, we're not seeing that. We're seeing either homes that are very desirable, just going under contract right away for a high price, or homes just not going under contract. Um, and so that that to me is is the the best way of explaining why prices are still going up at a record rate uh, despite the inventory situation moderating the way it has. Um, now, when these homes that currently are just sitting on the market, when they finally do sell, we're going to see uh, these numbers really drop. You know, the, we're we're going to see days on market uh, go way up, as I already uh, kind of alluded to. Um, we will see the the year on year increases on median price point come way down, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it'll be very interesting to see once some of these homes, once the absorption rate increases, and and you know, particularly now that uh, you know, at least for the past month, supply started to respond, the market started to respond to the decrease in demand by supply going down. If that trend continues, then eventually these homes that are just sitting will end up getting bought up. But when that happens, that's going to really dramatically sway all of these numbers and make it, it might even make it look like we're entering a buyer's market. Again, we're a long way away from a buyer's market. That's not happening anytime soon. Um, right now, we just want it to be a calmer seller's market. But right now, um, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's calming. Despite there being way more homes on the market available, accessible for buyers than there has been in years, it still feels crazy. There's still tons of bidding wars. And I have to wonder, do we just have this new norm where people have to panic purchase, have to, when when the home that meets what they're looking for comes on the market, that they have just been reprogrammed the past two years, that they just have to go nuts and, and immediately go after the home and, you know, immediately put uh, a really high offer, very aggressive, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe that is the case, or maybe it is that we, that buyers just need to learn that that old normal what what has been the normal for the past 2 years doesn't need to be the the norm anymore but the problem is that i can tell you that but and and maybe you're just like okay well i'm i'm not going to um i'm not going to be as aggressive well then you're just going to lose out on your home to all the other people that are being aggressive um and so it's kind of like what will it take for the market to shift enough that people realize oh i don't have to be crazy aggressive anymore when the, when a home i like comes on the market the only indicator that I have seen personally from my own clients, from people that I talk to, that would indicate that that some of the consumer um, sentiment is is starting to shift a little bit is I have t- talked to quite a few people that are just like, I'm not doing the bidding war thing. Um, and 
up until just recently, my response to, to people when they said that was, well, you're not going to buy a house. <laughs> Everything is a bidding war. Um, but I don't have to say that anymore. People can be, if, if people are flexible enough with what they're looking for, they can theoretically avoid a bidding war. Basically, what that looks like is you just wait to, if a house is listed, wait a week, see if it sells during that week. And if it doesn't, then you have an opportunity perhaps to go in without a bidding war. Um, and so, and, and maybe not even a week, maybe just after the weekend uh, comes and goes the first weekend that it's on the market. Uh, you know, usually by that point, the Monday or Tuesday after, if they don't have offers, then you're in pretty good shape. Go ahead, make an offer. Uh, you can probably avoid the bidding war. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how these numbers change. We're, we're, we're seeing, obviously, inventory supply can't go up and demand go down without it having a direct impact on, on these prices, on these days on market until sale. Um, all these different things. It has to have an impact. It has to moderate those numbers at some point, but so far it hasn't. So uh, it will ha- we'll continue to track it. We'll continue to see what happens. Um, it's going to be a wild ride, right? We, we uh, have a lot more year left in 2022, and I think that it's going to really change dramatically in the upcoming months. All right. Thank you guys for listening. As always, my contact information is in the show notes. If you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs, please subscribe to the show, rate it, five stars, leave a short little review, and we'll talk again next week.